0: Hi, I'm James Batchelor and you're listening to the Games biz podcast. I'm joined by Chet Falasek, formerly of Valve, currently of Bossa, and a man who, by his own admission, is trying to replace himself with AI. Um, Chet, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, I bring up AI because uh, you've just given delivered a keynote on it at uh, Develop Brighton, that's where we are as we're recording today. Uh, focused very much on AI, although you went through a few interesting kind of title change, title changes at the uh, at the start. And um, I was interested in kind of the the point you finished on, which is like you know, AI is real. Use AI, just use the real parts. I wonder if you could elaborate on that and what you've actually been.
1: Um, so a lot of AI right now um, is either some kind of machine learning, which is great and has its, its uses for sure, but you can't just say, oh, we're going to use machine learning and let's make a game. Um, or it's these AIs that you'll see. Um, the example I use is there's, a on the morning talk shows, there's an AI that'll come on and it's very wittily talking about current events and all of that. Mm. It's not real AI. It's the writers get the questions the night before, they write the witty answers, and it's like Max Headroom was um, back in the 80s. Yeah. So. <laughs> right, and so... It's just making sure that as you approach the game and you're using it to be using the parts that are actually functional and working, and you know that you can actually build something on top of.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, you know, from the from the talk, you were saying like that it's actually mid-sized studios who are best placed to actually take advantage of this. I mean, you kind of you hear about kind of advances in AI and machine learning, like you say, it's slightly different, like. And you kind of assume well that's just gonna be, you know, triple A's with the electronics arts with their new seed division and stuff like that, but you reckon mid sized studios are actually gonna be the best place to take advantage of this?
1: Well, I think mid sized studios can take the risk on it, um, because they're team size, right? It's the the investment and the shot at it. With a lot of those large studios now, and you're talking five hundred or fifteen hundred person team, you need to know how you're gonna make your game. Mm. You can't be taking a risk on the general process of it, especially you know, you're, you're making hit after hit. Are you going to really go off and, and take that risk? Um, now, they there may be, to be clear, they may be out of those big AAA studios, they may do little tiny things or smaller things. Mm. You know, I think they, they've they been good, like with VR we saw, of allowing these little experiments to flourish. But it's really making that kind of bigger, more traditional game, um, where it's a mid-sized game, that they the opportunity cost of those teams putting 50 people on that is just too high. Yeah. And so, you know, we're seeing again and again where um, someone like EA makes just a lot fewer games these, these hmm. days, but they make bigger games. Yeah. I just want to be clear because I say this in my talk, and I mean this, is I'm not knocking those games in any way. Uh, I showed up on the, the screen my um, 700 hours almost of Battlefield yeah. 1. <laughs> um, Battlefield 4, I played even more. I play a lot of big games, right? Yeah, of course. No, of course. I know we we all do. I mean, we all have that kind of nice mix
0: between the AAA and the, and yeah. the indies which is good. And um, I mean looking at the AAA side so just briefly like in terms of examples of how they're using AI, the ones that come to mind are things like Shadow of Mordor obviously has its nemesis system, um Alien Isolation, I had that that uh the Xenomorph that actually learns what the player is doing and just kind of adapts its tactics. But we don't tend to see it much more beyond that I think oh, Yeah, looking at this E3 just gone I think the only the only reference that I remember to AI is um, Just Cause 4 so you have like, yeah, much more intelligent enemies sure. but that is literally the only example used whereas the title you're working on which still hasn't been announced yet like you're looking at using AI to inform like every single aspect I mean what, yes. what are the advantages of doing that how does that work really?
1: Well so that that's where it comes to the mid-sized studios of early on we had to say this is what we're doing mm. this is what we're jumping in and we've got to make it part of the entire core of the game. We can't just use it as a tool, but it has to be an underlying function of it. And really early on, you would you, we would realize like, oh, how we talk about resources needs to be different because we're using AI. Um, and then uh, you know the, the idea that information itself is a resource mm. because that means the AI doesn't have all the information, or the different a- AIs I talk about. We have multiple levels of AI, but they can't have all the information. So then if you could give a piece of information to a faction AI, let's say, all of a sudden that's valuable and that's something that you can trade and talk about with that faction. Um, and it just becomes different. And for us, um, the example I use in the in the uh, talk is Moneyball. Hmm. So Moneyball's uh, the, the American baseball where every statistics track in that game, every, the spin of the ball, where the ball goes, um, when they pitch it, the hitting, who hits against who, everything, and so then they make their purchases of the players or their trades based on all the statistical information, mm. and not like, oh, this guy's hot, we like him, or you know something like that. Um, and they tried to do that with American football, and that was with the Cleveland Browns, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, and that just cratered. That was just a disaster, um, and it hasn't worked, because they were trying to apply this, this, this system that worked really well with a highly statistical, narrow game, because in baseball, you know, you have the pitcher and batter every time, you can look at that action and go oh what's all the data around what are the choices we're going to make where in football this just, is just much more wide open and you don't have that ability and so it just doesn't work there so you need to make the game that can embrace the ai technology if you're going to do that and then you need to start at the very beginning and work it all the way through
0: mm. obviously like we're only getting kind of teasers of your project um but some of the stuff you've been saying like some of the stuff that, I, that you were saying this morning i was quite interested in things like the the faction ai um, won't know as much as like kind of the the world AI for want of a better term, but then like the faction AI will be thinking right there are 50 possible things that this faction could be doing at this point. Let's choose one and, and create yes. a kind of story from that. I mean, obviously like as much as you can like kind of how how
1: does that sort of thing work then? So it was one of the we originally had started having just all these different AIs in the world because we have this living breathing world. It's so one of the early mm-hmm. things we realized is for the player to be able to look and make choices, they had to be able to observe the world and the world needed to be moving on without them so they can go, oh, I can jump in here and I can go do this because mm. they're, they're behaving this way. But it ended up, that, it, that ended up feeling flat and wasn't engaging with the player. So we added kind of an overall AI to the system that then looks and goes, you know, the different NPCs can be doing 50 different things. And if the player isn't engaged, why don't we have one of the things they do bringing you by the player? So that then we can see this engagement point maybe happen, and that was just became really important because otherwise there's this giant world with all the stuff going on that the player just never understood, mm-hmm. right? Complexity that's opaque to the player is worthless. You have to have a way to bubble that up and, and express that to the player, and so this is one of the ways to do it. And it was to have this overall AI that kind of managed and looked on top of everything.
0: Yeah, and I was we we get into the stage where. Some of the biggest games, most of the biggest games, are now these open world, large open worlds. Even like Assassin's Creed, which started at quite, as quite a linear, not linear, it was always reasonably open, but the 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 set of events was always quite linear. But now it's becoming this bigger open sure. world, like RPG style, and yeah, there's a, the you know living breathing world is is the description that most developers try to use for their games. But uh, yeah, and the sounds of it, uh, by the sounds of it, you're, in your case, that that really is becoming the the case that. The players don't want these, these worlds where people, like NPCs are just standing around waiting for the player to do something before anything changes. Like. But that's got that's the, the challenges, I guess, of, of creating a world that, that goes on without the player and not make, doesn't make it feel like the player has no impact or is missing out on stuff. Um, yeah,
1: yeah there's, a, there's a super big challenge of how do we bubble that up. We have a lot of things we're experimenting with to see what's the best method. I mean, because you can, you can just go super heavy handed. But how do you do it where it's not super heavy-handed and it feels natural to the player that they learn that information mm. um, and then they learn the right information because they don't need to know everything. Some of it can be later, right? You come along a faction that, you know, 40 hours into the game and you look at them and you're like, oh, I get what happened here. Yeah. Right. I get how I have to interact with these guys because this is kind of their, their behavior and this is, this is what I need to do. Mm. Or I can try to do something different.
0: Uh, kind of an an underlying um, topic of the talk was like using this this AI and using these kind of these systems to create this sort of world is to give the the player agency. Where are we? And you you talked about agency versus kind of interactivity. Like I mean, just in your kind of stance, like looking at the games that are out now, where are we in terms of how many games really give agency and how many are giving? interactivity like where do we stand at the moment
1: so first just again disclaimer of course play, yes. play those other games like <laughs> there's so many linear games that i still play and love and um they're going after something different and and they're able to, to knock what they're going after out of the park um real agency i keep i suppose occasionally i'll play games with the mindset if i'm looking for that hmm. um and there's some very very recent games that i haven't gotten a chance to play um that i want to. Check out, so be careful here, but um in general, i don't see it actually happen a lot, and in fact, a lot of times i'm wonder I wonder why did you make the choices you made because you actually just robbed me of my agency mm. and I was feeling really good, and I thought I was able to be smart, right I mean, players always want to feel smart where they're they're gaming the system essentially yeah. and operating in a way that lets them um, feel powerful, and I would do that and then get shut down or I couldn't continue it or. You know something is happening there and so you know that was one of the reasons why to wanting to make this game was to kind of have to try to go out as far as we could right we, we haven't shipped so we'll see where we end up yeah. but the, the goal for now when we're still in that space is to be as far out there as we can with agency where the player can literally just do whatever they want
0: yeah i guess then then because you referred to this one like a, a lot of so, some games there's kind of a smoke and mirrors thing to you think you are getting agency but it's actually interactivity like there is there yes. is a difference between the two like how is is the the advance of a or uh, the use of ai as a tool going to help kind of remove either remove those smoke and mirrors or perhaps just improve them so it feels more like agency even if it is to an extent interactivity
1: well so there's there's two ways that ai really helps us um kind of express that and one is like the whole system I was talking about before, of it looking on top mm-hmm. and, and monitoring everything and being able to um, see what's going on so that the world can feel like it's not dumb. And again, we don't want, the, pl- we don't want it, the bubble around the player where the world's just reacting to the player, but we want it to feel good and logical of when they do have those, those interactions. And then the other is just expanding out um, how the NPCs can speak and how they can talk yeah. so that it feels like that they are noting what you're doing and responding to it. Um, but the example I used in the talk is about actually that writing less specific and being more generic actually works really well. So the example I use in the talk is if I pick up a bottle of water and I throw it at Emery, who I work with, Emory's not going to stand up and yell, I am Emory. And Chuck Fellow said, why did you stand up there on that stage and throw that piece of, you know, throw that bottle of water at me so that now I'm all wet? Hmm. The problem when you do that is there's a whole bunch of facts you just said. And if you get any of those facts wrong, then the player's going to be like, dude, what are you talking about? That's not what happened. Yeah. Like, Or the player perceives what happened and that's not what had happened. But so if Emery instead just jumps up and yells, what the hell? As a player, you're like, oh, I get why you did that. Yeah. You just hit him with water. And you didn't have to do all that other exposition, but the player's there in the space. The player gets what happened. They understand and they're able to process that, right? I mean, players are really smart at those kind of things. You don't need to spell it out for them. And then tied with that is uh, an example, actually I cut from the talk, but uh, is um, learn this really clearly in Team Fortress 2. So we have this moment where the heavy and the medic, see in my talk I had to explain who the heavy and the medic were, but I'm thinking your audience knows so I don't have to. <laughs> they probably do, yes. Uh, but when the medic came under fire, um, he w- the, the, the heavy would yell, get behind me, doctor. Yeah. But the thing is, when we hook those up, we actually have no idea the position of any of those two characters. Just hmm. that... Data didn't exist and what we could use to decide what lines to play. But when, if, the, if, let's say, the medic was already behind the heavy, nobody minded that because the line wasn't so specific or so clever um, that it stuck out. Hmm. But when it did work, you are like, oh, yeah, right? And you embraced it. And so that's one of the things uh, I talk about, it, like not being too clever. So many times in games now, so someone writes a really clever line and you're like, ha that was funny. And then, like the second time you hear it, you're like, huh. Yeah. And then the third, and the fourth, and the fifth, and then eventually you're like, oh dear God, can I just mute that line?
0: And this this is the trouble, like this. So, well, I mean, case in point, um, kind of Skyrim, for example. You know, however many years on, there are still people making you know, arrow to the knee jokes. Yes. Like it's just it's just a one off line, um, meant to kind of react to the players, but because it became so compatible, or because it seemed to come up so often. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that that. Increases the workload then for for writers because you've got to write so many different lines and so many different like reactions to every possible scenario like kind of it, it, there's got to still be a limit on how much you can do
1: or is that that you can do that and then the AI can help expand that for yeah. you and so that's kind of the approach we're looking at now but we'll see because I mean one of the things I really worry about is um, you know you go in with an actor and you have them record a line. Actors are really great because mm. A they they often think of a better line or they think of a better ex- way to express it, or they just little minor word changes because it's more just more natural and, and they're good about those emotions. But also they can be expressive in a way that you know we can't with um, voice or text to voice right now. That that worries me. Yeah. Because um I remember um, in Love for Dead one of the programmers coming up to me and being like, Do we really need it was like nineteen versions of thank you? <laughs> I'm like, yes, because there's a different thank you I say when you give me pills and I don't need them versus when you heal me versus when you pick me up when I was down versus you pick me up and you're the last guy alive and yeah. you're down, right? Like, and all those have a different inflection to them. They have a different way you say thank you. And so you do need those. So how do we do those then if we're doing this with AI? Yeah. And particularly because, like,
0: in most games, like and from the sounds of it, like your game, the the examples you were given, there's a lot of, kind of, there's base building and factions. so I'm guessing there will be, maybe, I have a disclaimer, I have a disclaimer that says maybe, okay, fair enough, maybe there are, but, okay, but, a lot of games nowadays, like, involve, um, you kind of being on a squad of characters, and people around you, and obviously you want those people to, to react as naturally as possible, now, most games where you you'll maybe play it through once or twice, it doesn't matter that the lines become repetitive or that the lines you know, the conversation is yeah. exactly the same every time. But with you know, the shift towards these more open experiences and certainly from the sounds of it the sort of game you're going towards, you want those characters as well to be able to react more to what their the player character is doing, I guess. Well one of the tricks
1: to that is to talk about the world, not tell me what you ate in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so think of Left 4 Dead where they yell Boomer and Hunter and mm. Reloading all the time. But right, they're yelling out things of the world so that you hear the same lines all the time. You don't mind because they're in, it's information to the world. Being, yeah. Being informed, right? And where you get in trouble is when you try to talk outside the world and you try to be clever in your writing yeah. of, of bringing it in. And so we found that if you really just kind of stick with talking about the world and make it of that, then you get a lot of mileage. And so then the AI can look in the world and know a bunch of things, right? They know different objects in the world. They know where we need to go is to the left of the river. They need, to, like, and you can just have the AI then talk about those things.
0: Yeah. I say okay, we've already got kind of... Apologies if this is not quite the same sort of thing, but we've got to the stage where obviously like NPCs are able to kind of Pathfind their way around the, yes. the world like physically, but to yeah verbally like mentally navigate like right I know what is around me and demonstrate that yeah That's definitely gonna make things feel a bit more immersive
1: Yeah, I, I'm always surprised when more games don't do that because it's essentially training for the player Yeah, like half of what the Left 4 Dead characters are doing are telling you what to do like turn off your flashlight Watch by the witch, right? It's like all this information that helps you learn how to play the game but yet you don't mind hearing it later once you know the game because it's part of the game. Yeah, no, that makes sense.
0: Um, I guess I, the, there are plenty of companies who are trying to experiment with AI, but obviously we, we, there are limits to where we are with AI so far, obviously, mm-hmm. um, because we're still kind of tracking that te- technology down. Um, I've seen some companies, and the, the example that sticks out is um, Fallout 76. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the announcer E3. Yep. Yeah. Bethesda um, doing like, right, we're creating this massive Fallout world and the the kind of the key hook this time round is every character you come across is actually another player and the theory is that that therefore makes it a bit more of a believable world, a bit more of an interactive world. But obviously players in, uh, players react differently than you would expect yes. an NPC player. and I, I'm kind of, I'm, don't get me wrong, Fallout seventy six sounds and looks yes. amazing. Agreed, agreed. But I'm I'm predicting this. Like, I'm going to go into this as a as a role player sort of player. Like I'm going to be wanting to go find a merchant. If the merchant is like running around and jumping up and down everywhere he's going, it's like it's going to kind of break that immersion I, for me. I'm
1: super interested to see what that how that manifests itself. In the yeah, because it is that it is that. are you role playing parts or are you? The hero still, and it's just that's the world. And I guess they're they're smart. I trust I trust them to do it right. I'm super interested. Of like um, Todd, if you want to invite me over to come see it, I'm more (laughs) than happy to be a playtester. Absolutely. I just
0: I'm intrigued about the idea the idea of of. Some companies using using players to populate the world and make the world feel more alive than rather than using AI yes. because there are limits to where we are with AI. I mean, your thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: no, no, no. For sure, that, that's an interesting. because we're doing the exact kind of flip of that yeah. is where we're populating this world with NPCs, but actually, a lot of the stories that we talk about are things like one of the the ideas of the game was the PUBG example I used um, that you you have these personal stories that are very personal to you. Mm. Um, my my example being um, I I landed in a car essentially and then somebody joined me in the car neither one of us could hurt each other I was like what the hell do I do Uh, I found another car beeped and looked at the guy and he's like oh I get what you're saying he jumped out of his out of my car and his car beeped and went the other way That was a cool little moment in the game right yeah obviously a small not deep rich story like we're trying to do but you can do that with other other players have this ability to have these kind of stories I'm not sure where, how deep you go otherwise, but also every game I play where I'm playing other players, um, there's a tension and feeling of that yeah. game. Now, sometimes it's really high. Like, I play PUBG as much as I do because I like this, it's one of the few games that make me think, should I shoot? Yeah. Because I'm going to give away information when I shoot, and maybe killing that guy doesn't actually help me. Where most games are, kill everybody you see shoot at everybody you see yeah. right and so it's, just a, it's really interesting to me that they have that but you still have this attention and so there's times when I get done with that game that I'm like I can't play anything for an hour because I'm just shaking yeah um and so how do you do that with NBCs? how do you bring that same can you bring that up I mean I think that may be the thing with Fallout 76 that they're trying to do is like your tension and your excitement and your your thrill gets higher because of that so how you know we're actually on the other side of the problem of how do you do that with NPCs? how do you get that high right so i talk about um you know you want those moments that stick with you that remember hmm. um because those are what you walk away with um those are the things that stick with you you can play a game for 20 hours and like especially most competitive shooters and you barely remember most of what you play but you remember those Oh, I snuck up on this guy, you know, and yeah. I silently killed him, and I took his stuff. Like you remember those moments. So how do you get those high moments when it's with NPCs?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you want those moments that are specific to you and your experience yes. as well. Those kind of they the used to risk of using a, a phrase like the watercolor moments, where you're talking about this happened to me in exactly. my game. Like we've all got those stories. Those are the stories that are going around. Like and I, I love the idea of, of
1: more games that enable those. So, but then the flip side is you can't have nothing but those. No, of course. Right, and so that's one of the things that the overall AI is going to keep looking at going like, man, you, you've got too much stuff just happening to you. Let's <laughs> let you decide what you want to do and 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 calm it down. So there's um, this theory of fun. I, I should look up the guy's name for this. But there's like seven different versions of fun. And one of them is, so like, I play the game threes a lot. Hmm. I'm not actually playing it. I just like how it feels moving things around on the screen. It's... So often gamers do that where they're playing something and it isn't necessarily for the challenge, but it's for the familiarity, it's for the relaxation, it's for the. And so you have to make sure that your game allows that, that breathing to happen, right? Yeah. Often, like crafting's like that, or there's some other aspect of a game that gives that different version of fun versus just competitiveness or difficulty. Yeah. Right, and so how do we make sure that we're not stomping on them when they're doing that?
0: Yeah, because everyone wants different things from different games, like, yes. and particularly now that we're getting to these, you know, now that we have all these big open world games. Like um, at the risk of using the game I'm playing at the moment, I'm finally started like Far Cry Five. Now, personally, I don't need. To, I don't particularly want to go through all the story missions because not my personal interest but the outpost is all right i'm going to clear the map of yes. all these outposts and that means that's my story and that and those moments can be a lot more reactive than these very scripted missions like yes. and we're seeing a, a lot more games kind of built around that
1: Remember your point though. they're doing an absolutely great job with of you get to go do those missions or you're going mean, to take out those outposts but you're also then i've got a i've got a um a mountain lion with me? Is a mountain, a mountain, a I can't remember. There's me. Some,
0: the bear. There's a bear with you. No, there's point. there's a
1: cat. Trust me. Okay,
0: I, I believe you. There's a cat with you,
1: and then I got the guy who's flying around the plane, yeah. like just causing mayhem, and like <laughs> those two together are how I do it, and it makes me laugh to do it that yeah. way, right? Like, and those are just great moments that the game gave me these bunch of tools to go choose to do the thing that I decided to do the way I wanted to do it, yeah, and it's just really funny. And eventually, I took up the, the one of the women are super dark. So dark and bitter. I just, I just had to be with her all the time. I'm like, this just cracks me up to no end. And it's like giving the player the option to have those moments, because then that sticks with them and it resonates way stronger than if all of that was scripted.
0: Yeah, I guess the the, the challenge there is, and again, the AI is going to kind of help with this as we as we advance it, is creating characters that are not only able to react to what players are doing, but prepare and predict what players are doing. Yeah. So I, I personally am a bit more of a stealth player. I like taking out the outpost without anyone knowing. But the trouble is, if you have another, ca- if you have a character with you, yes. you can't do that because they just blunder in. Which is why yes. I, which is why I tend to do all that solo. But I'd love to be able to, write like, right, if I have someone with me and without having to direct them. Look, you stay there while I do this. If they could just Tom, gauge. Tom Clancy with... Wildlands did that really well. I haven't tried that one yet. I, okay.
1: So I heard the PC version's better than the console version for this. Yeah. But what you do is, so you're in stuff. A lot of there's a lot of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you sneak around, and you control two, eventually you control two guys with you. And I think it's two, maybe up to three. God, I played so much of that game, I should know better. <laughs> it's jet like people, okay? Give me a break. Uh, but you control them, and you're like, don't, no, no, hang back, don't get, don't get caught, don't get... And they're really good about that, right? And it ends up that you're the one who will stumble out and get yeah. caught. And it's really fun. It's a really satisfying, we're all going to shoot at the same time and take down three independent people, because they all have to die at the exact same time. Yeah. It's really fun. It's really See, that, sounds fun. You play that. that sounds
0: excellent. That sounds excellent. I
1: actually want to go back and play that again because
0: <laughs> that takes me back to like um, I remember doing like I think it was the Splinter Cell Conviction like co-op mode, and one of the best moments was playing with with a friend, and the, you get to a point where there are two guards. Yes. And you have to take them down the exact same moment. Now I could do that because it's a human player with me, and you can say over the chat three, two, one, mark. Yeah. Because you get you get a little into it and you start using yep, the thing, yep. don't you? <laughs> so, um, but and yeah, and yeah, the ability to do that with an NPC would be would be amazing.
1: And, th- and those are fun moments that, again, stick with you because, like, mm. you orchestrated this cool move where you feel powerful. Right?
0: Yeah. And
1: like you say, you, you can't then
0: build a, a game entirely around those moments. Like, you still, there has, still has to be kind of an overall context, an overall goal, I guess, for the player. Um, uh, during the talk, you mentioned... Or that, does there. Or does that? Okay, well, by, by all means, dis- disagree, please. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, for our game, we have... So, normally a game has an overriding story that you're pushing forward. Yeah our game does not have that good okay okay because because one of the one of the things i i I have the problem with that is is that that overriding story may be not what you want that robs you of agency because you're like actually i don't want to i don't want to do these things yeah i want to do this other thing right now there's a world there's things happening and there's goals you can have and do it i call it um there there should be a better name for it i'm sure somebody's given a talk but um, it's like a flat palette of choices. Hmm. So you start your day, you're like, well, oh, I could go do this, because I can improve that, I could go do that, I can go do this. I can go get in a big fight over here. I can go improve this. I can go see if I can negotiate to get this stuff, because I need it for this thing to go do this thing. to let me go do this thing, right? And that's kind of how our game's built. What we try to do is essentially introduce a little bit of pain to the player, It can't be unfun pain. Like, you can't give them a gun that just breaks all the time. Yes. But like the classic is, you give me a gun that can shoot five bullets, and I can upgrade it so I can shoot ten bullets. Yeah. But giving the player a lot of those choices and saying, okay, these are the things you can invest in. And then when you go to do those investments, you're going to run into NPCs. You're going to run into the world. Some people are going to help you go do those things you want. Some people aren't. Some people are going to give you insight into how to do those things. And it's that. Kind of building intention and having all these different mm-hmm. things to do that then propels the player forward. See, I like the sound. I like the sound of that. I, th- I think the last time we um, we spoke, I,
0: I think I, I talked about Crackdown, and the fact that the first Crackdown. Literally, the the structure is there are nine targets in this yes. world. Fun. Have at them or don't. Just you know, build up your agility yes. or like yes. collect all the orbs. And I love that structure and it, it kind of disappoints me that, that not many games have, have done that since. I mean, going back to the earlier example I gave like, of uh, Shadow of War and the Nemesis system, I kind of wish that game was just, right, here's an army of orcs. Yes. Clear it off, clear off that screen like, and do, and not worry about these scripted missions and so forth. Like, Will we get to the stage where we see more games like that? I'd like well, I,
1: I think so because I mean, those games are great examples of, of scratching the itch of that, right? Mm. And again, I think it's the problem is you at your core have to decide you're going to close your eyes and jump off and say this is what we're doing and you have to do that early on and you got to just dive into it yeah um, but no those games are exactly like right those are those are the fun parts I love those and though uh, uh, if you really like Crackdown um, um, Saints Row 4 okay will give you a really good Crackdown vibe if you just like that feeling of flying and that like excitement of that yeah I don't think Burt Reynolds is in 4 he's in 3 okay so play 3 as well just for Burt um, Reynolds okay yes
0: <laughs> I okay.
1: wonder what, what game allows you to have Burt Reynolds
0: as a sidekick that is true that is true not, not, not enough of them so <laughs> um, so I mean kind of looking kind of uh, forward kind of uh, obviously you're working towards kind of um, sorry Looking forward, like the game you're working on now, you're trying to break new ground with with the uh, the way you use AI. AI, you're trying to, to use these tools differently. Other studios are, are trying this as well. Kind of, where do you think the the next steps are? That where can we see AI go? Kind of going back to what we were saying earlier about where player agency is at the moment. What are the next steps? The milestones we're aiming for, I guess.
1: Well, first would be to release our game. Uh, well, that'd yes. be good. Because, <laughs> uh, like I said in the talk. Um, we we know where we're trying to head. We have a roadmap, but we don't know the, what the game is yet. Like mm-hmm. We're still finding that, and we do that with Observe Playtests. We have uh, internal playtesters now. Um, at some point, we'll have external playtesters as well. And you know, I think a lot of times people think play t- uh, when you have playtesters, you're looking for bugs. You're not for us. We're looking for design. Mm-hmm. We're looking for what should the game be. And it's a little harder as we go on further and the game gets bigger and there's, you know, hours and tens of hours of gameplay. But especially for this beginning part and getting the player up and running, it's, it's a really helpful exercise. And so I think we don't know yet on this part. Um, we need we need to experience some of this. It's like, as I described this game, I know right now there's somebody listening going, well, that's stupid. That's not going to work, and here's why. <laughs> and it may or may not be right, but I, you know we're experimenting and trying and going forward, and we'll see there. I think the biggest thing AI-wise that would be a game-changer for me is to be able to have text-to-speech be emotive in performance mm. so that um, we can get up there. Again, um, that is not to knock voice actors, because I think, you know, you look at what voice actors bring um, and how their thoughts of it. Um, I mean, my favorite recently was um, Ashley Birch in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. Oh my God, is that great, <laughs> right? Like, she, if you outlined to me what that, if you, if you described to me, oh, it's, she starts as a young girl. And plays up, and like this is the story. I've been like, you know, I don't like the, or I don't normally like the early, the, the kid to the adult things. I don't think it normally works well. Kind of works so well in that game, and then her performance through that, like, AI can't do that yet. Yeah. So we can't try to do that thing. So what do we do? That for now, we're going to try to do something else. And there's, you know, we, we're aware of that in our head. We're we're going in with eyes that's wide open on that, but. What happens when you can start getting the AI to be able to do that, when you mm. can start tinkering with it and playing with it, where you can get these um, really expressive things? I mean, part of me thinks we'll start seeing that in a year or two and we'll be able to use some of that. And mm. some of that, we're going to have to think of other approaches and other ways to deal with it.
0: Wow. And then, um, I guess to kind of to end on, end on a kind of a, a bigger picture kind of um, stance, I guess, uh, what do you kind of see as the, as the role of AI in advancing games as a medium? I ask that because yeah, Xbox have said, like, you know, they're working on new consoles, plural. So yeah. the, the the suggestion that we've got at least two more generations of of consoles to come. Obviously, PC is never expanding uh, thing, but it's kind of it's never expanding benchmark that the consoles are trying to catch up with. it, I, it feels like we've got to the point where. A leaping graphical fidelity and the visual quality isn't as exciting and isn't enough to drive games forward as a medium. But it feels like AI, physics, simulation, those are the sort of things that are going to make games bigger and better than everything we've already been played. I mean, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, one of the ways that we think about the game we're making now is, um, you know, physics kind of allowed for physical emergent gameplay. You were able to just have wacky things that the designers didn't design happen because you had a real physics system happening. So what happens if you have a world that's alive, that has a really story, really alive narrative system, essentially? What rises up from that? Like, how do players exploit that and do things we didn't think to do or try? To me, that's interesting. Because, as I mentioned in my talk, you know, when I think you look at um, art forms, you look at... um, Novels are about omniscient thought, right? They're mm-hmm. able to tell you everything that's going on in the world, really, really well, or the play, or the the protagonist point of view. Um, movies are really great about passage of time, right? You have the montage scene, and that's the uh, sand kicked on the, the wimby guy, and mm-hmm. you have a minute montage, and also he's a big tough guy seeking revenge. Um, and the last example is plays. I use in that plays because plays are different because they're live and so they have this magic moment with the audience where you just feel this energy that doesn't exist in any other form and for games, I think you look at there's two ways that they're different one you could say um, would be the multiplayer aspect and social aspect um, games are very social I think if you' if you don't think games are social um, you're even older than I am um, <laughs> because everybody now I mean that's why discord has so many players on it because yeah because <laughs> you're jumping up and you're being social. You're playing games with friends. You're having experiences and fun. I mean, there's people I've played uh, Battlefield 4 with that are like my online friends that I've never met. but We just played the similar way so that we liked each other and, and hang out. Um, so there's that. But then there's also the idea of what I think um, comes with agency. And ha- really being able to affect your story. Really being able to have that kind of impact where... It really is your story. What's happening in this world is driven by your choices and you're shaping that. And there's no other medium that can present that to a player or a person. And so I think that's really interesting. And I think a lot of um, what happens in the next couple years are gonna be pushing on that, of giving that more freedom, giving that more responsiveness where the player feels that this is their world and that they have ownership over what they're doing in that world. And um, in my talk, I mentioned this, so I think we can do that now because players are um, just, they're able to understand more complex things. They have a larger vocabulary of how they interact with the game. And they're more used to pushing themselves out in the game and not just consuming it or watching a cutscene. And so as we go further and further down there, I think you're gonna see more of that. Mm-hmm. And I think we're at the very edge of that. I think, you know, when we look back, we'll see, we'll kind of see all these steps towards it. Um, and hopefully we're one of those. Because I think we're at the very edge of our ability to do that. And so I think what will come next is even better. Yeah.
0: Chet, thank you so much for your time today. I um, appreciate you. <laughs> busy, busy with the conference. Um, that was absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, um, For anyone else uh, listening, you can find all our previous episodes are the, available through the, the website. But you can find them on iTunes, Cast, all kind of podcast platforms. And you can find more insight, news, and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz.